Thank you for tuning in to Sports Done Right tonight. You are two minutes away from the funnest sports talk this side of the border. That's right. You're with Vince Wright, the sports governor. Keep it tuned here. Two minutes. From the office of Minnesota's number one sports authority, he's the governor of Sports Talk Radio, and by way of executive order, serving you a stimulating dose of sports done right. And thank you, Miss Tree Taylor, and thank you all again for joining me, Vince Wright, the sports governor of Minnesota. Thank you very much. Wow, beautiful. The the audience, I appreciate the love. I want to thank everybody. Uh, we're coming to you live and direct from the Situation Room here in the Twin Cities. Uh, the very, very cold night here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, man. I, ooh, I think right now we're rolling about 10 degrees here, and it's going to get a little, little colder um, from there as well, so... But, hey, thank you guys very much for joining me. Vince Wright, the sports governor. Jason Adams, what is up? My main man, Jason Adams, finally checking me out. What's going on? A little wild talk here a little later on for Jason there. Um, our home team, the Hockey Wild, are going through a very rough stretch. Uh, they got Dallas in town tonight. We're going to see what happens there because tough stretch coming up you also got washington coming in here you also got the boston bruins coming in here jason man i have no idea what's going to happen to the wild but um it's it's going to be rough and uh, we're going to find out a lot about this team in the next three games here but jason appreciate you sir as does the studio audience and again, I um, appreciate everybody uh, checking us out on Spreaker.com. 
We're actually on a little early tonight, so that's why we really don't have anybody in the chat room right now. Um, We had a switch on the schedule here with me and a couple of the other podcasts, so uh, we're getting started a little early tonight. Wife's out of town, the First Lady Angie Wright, um, out of town on business, and of course, I got to jump in the motorcade and pick up the daughter from basketball practice a little later on, so uh, we do anticipate having some more people in the chat room as the show goes on, but first and foremost, again, Jason Adams in the mix, appreciate it, my brother. Uh, what else do we got going on? Hope everybody had a good weekend. Appreciate all the love on Twitter, by the way, too. Got a whole bunch of new Twitter followers, um, at Sammy baseball out there as well. Appreciate him. He's always checking in and, uh, asking about the show and making sure it's going to be on. So Sammy, much love, my brother, much love. And, um, Hey, what can I say, man? The show is growing. We're going to try and get this website going, all kinds of fun stuff. And um, see where we can actually take this podcast, man. So uh, make sure that if you hear this, if you do listen live, you hit the little chat icon, the little bubble um, there. So you can join us in the chat room live if you like. And you can also call in live. That's right. And we'll put that in the chat room as well. But the phone number to get with me live is 651-968-0124. Again, 651 651- nine six eight zero one two four that's the number to get with the gov on the executive line hey man hope everybody had a great weekend we're about to get in some super bowl talk a lot of people angry man a lot of carolina fans i know a lot of brothers out there angry man they put all it they put it all on cam um i lost a couple ducats myself a couple dollars unfortunately as well was not happy about that but um, you know, bad breaks were just happening for Carolina early on and it almost felt like they were cursed throughout the game, had some bad calls, but we'll get in all that stuff here a little later on. Um, Jason, I don't normally log in, but I listen live or podcast. Hey, appreciate it, man. However, you got to get the show, brother, you know, me and plus Jason is going to be helping me with some hockey talk here real soon. I know we keep saying that, but, um, we're going to get that done. Uh, Jason, the former wild ticket uh, or season ticket holder and knows this thing about hockey. And obviously I love uh, trolling Jason being a Blackhawks guy, but the wild are my second favorite team. So um, I digress. But anyway, um, what else we got going on here? So, yeah, a bunch of Super Bowl talk uh, tonight. We're going to touch on a little bit of the Big Ten, you know, again, for the next couple hours. It's mainly going to be Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, lots to get into there, a very unexpected score and, you know, just a lot of boneheaded mistakes on, uh, the Carolina side of the ball. Um, some coaching decisions we need to talk about as well. And, you know, we're going to get into all of it here. Going to talk a little go for basketball. Again, they are still winless in the damn big 10. If you can believe that, um, I, I, you know, I just don't know, man, Minnesota Gophers, uh, you know, this Patino thing breaking down in Louisville and, you know, they, they say if uh, Patino leaves Louisville, the sun is going to be in tow. And I think a lot of Minnesota Gopher fans would not actually mind that happening right now. The way this program is looking, man. So, whew, I tell you, check it out. But um, Gopher fans, the, the long winter continues. The hockey team still having some issues. They split with Penn State last week. Uh, we'll get into some happy gopher talk in a little bit here. We're going to talk a little women's basketball and the NCAA record uh, being tied. 
So lots of stuff coming up here, man. Um, I'm going to get into some NBA talk. Uh, it got the uh, all-star game is right around the corner in the NBA. So lots of, lots of things breaking there. Uh, we got West Virginia and Kansas playing right now. Kansas is sixth ranked basketball team in the country. West Virginia is number 10. And early on, with just under 14 minutes left there, we got Kansas on top, 13 to 6. This game is in Kansas, by the way. So we'll see what happens there throughout the night. We'll be checking in on some live games. We got NBA updates, all kinds of stuff popping tonight. So let's just have some fun with it, see what happens, and go with it, man. Um, you know, I really don't even have any notes tonight. I, I got a few stats from the Super Bowl to kind of throw out there and talk about. And that's really about it. So, again, this is a show for the fan. I'm a fan hosting it, and that's all it's about, man. That's all it's about. All right, Super Tuesday ESPN Big Ten slate. And uh, Purdue is up early. Uh, I think that said 17 to 10. The score cut off there, but I will get that up here and verify that. And guess what, man? We are a week and a half away from pitchers and catchers reporting. For baseball so now the football season is over the talk continues obviously but guess what baseball spring training is right around the corner and i hope that that's a sign that this bs minnesota winter weather is on its way out people i know i'm the sports governor of minnesota i get it man but um you know i <laughs> i like the heat i like the heat what can i say what could I say? All right, so, all right, folks, uh, we're about 13 minutes in. We're going to take um, a quick break here. Going to get situated, uh, get rocking and rolling, and uh, come back to you live and direct. Again, we anticipate more people joining us here as uh, the show goes on. We started an hour and a half early tonight due to some uh, scheduling conflicts, so I appreciate uh, the other hosts uh, making room for me and uh Nothing wrong with that. So uh, stay tuned here. Uh, we anticipate John Fisher's show, Cooking with the Microwave, to be following mine. And from there, um, just keep your ear to that RealCast channel. And also, by the way, one other thing that's coming up that I forgot to mention for the Minnesota fans. We are, what, a week or so out from the uh, outdoor game. Ah, hold on. There's our main man, the former Ohio State stud himself, Jersey, Vern, Vern, the Chief Rocker himself. There he is, Chief Rocker Jersey Vern, the Ohio State stub. What's going on, my friend? And the crowd welcomes Jersey as well. Appreciate that. Stand up. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. The Chief Rock is in here, and I appreciate him hanging out with us. Jersey is always um, a good dude. Uh, lots of interesting takes on sports. He's a big Knicks fan, big New York guy, Jersey guy, as he says, even though he's living down in uh, the Atlanta area right now. But as he says, when it comes to college football, it's all about the O-H-I-O, baby. Ohio State for the Chief Rocker. All right. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep going here since we got Jersey in here for a quick minute. Jersey, I'm setting up for a quick little break here. And then we're going to come back and get into it. So, 
Um, again, phone numbers uh, is in the chat, 651-968-0124. Look, let's actually get to the break because I'm going to get my board set up here. So we got about four minutes here with the first break, a classic Michael Jackson. Well, I shouldn't say Michael Jackson song. This was actually by the Jacksons on the Destiny album. Going to do a little old school R&B. Jason, if you're listening out there, we're going to throw a couple rock tunes in for you. You might throw a little Motley Crue in for you, a little Van Halen tonight. Um, Next two hours, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, First break, we'll be right back in four minutes, and we are talking Super Bowl, baby.
When you want a job done right, you do it yourself. When you want your sports done right, you download the Spreaker app to your mobile devices and follow the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk and beyond. This is Sports Done Right. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, what is going on, everybody? What's going on? As the macho man would say, oh, yeah. Listening to the gov. What's going down, people? Hey, we got some new uh, people in the House of Representatives or the chat room, as we call it here. We got to welcome, along with Chief Rocket Jason Adams, we got our main man, the jungle brother himself. What's going down, sir? And, of course, our other main man all the way down from Georgia as well, uh, the, the G-Money, Grego, the cheater, it himself, patriot lover number one. What up, Grego? And we back. All right, people, what's going down, man? Um, Yeah. Um, Jungle, there might be some X-Files stuff going on with the group, me and the chats and uh, Spreaker. It's been, uh, people have been having some issues, I think, today with Spreaker. Might be some X-Files going on there, so who knows? Yeah, oh, yikes. Never know who's trolling us, Jungle, so we got to be careful out there, my man. Anyway. Gov having fun with new sound effects. Oh, and it might be Jungle Brothers' new theme song, actually, if he keeps trolling me the way he's been going here lately. So anyway, glad everybody's in here, man. Let's get to it here. Let's start off first. Let me get the Golden Groundhog news out the way as we're going to get right into the Super Bowl talk. There's just a couple things from my alumnus university, University of Minnesota, that I got to give some props to. So here we go. All right, and we actually had a call come in as well. So, let's. Who's on the phone? Who do we got? Yes, yes, yes. It's the Chief Rocket uh, Jersey Burns, straight out of the SBA. Oh, uh, just giving it up. Your music, one more time, man. Glad you called, Jersey. Yes, I'm yes, yes. Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. You know, after doing a two-hour uh, podcast. You know, with General Brother today, you know, while he take care of some business, you know, Earl Cash Lane just feeling proud because we took over Doug Stewart's slot plus some, you know what I'm saying? And now I hear Doug talking about, should he change to the two to four? I Man, think he you should. do whatever you want to do. If he changes from two to four, well, uh, we'll, we'll take over. Huh? No, I, I, I was just, I'm sorry. I was just saying real quick. I think he should, uh, Chief Rocca. I think, uh, uh, you know, a little bit selfishly, but I think a lot of people, you know, a little later in the afternoon, you know, work's kind of winding down. I know for me, I got a little more free time or a little more discretionary time to kind of do that at my desk than I do in the morning. Uh, 
So I wouldn't mind, a, um, you know, a little time change to the afternoon. But again, that's just me being selfish. Um, what what do you think about it today? Oh, man, I would love to because, you know what? That will leave that whole morning up until 2 o'clock for real cash rangers. Does anybody that's available during that time of morning, you know what I'm saying? We can get in there and we can blow out three to four, five hours if we want to, you know, because I feel it. I didn't ask General what were the numbers, you know, um, but I'm quite sure he had some good numbers this morning because he started off with the uh, morning coffee break show. And, um, hey, man, it was going all the way up to 150 something and that was a good take man hey and first uh before we continue here and you got uh vince Wright, sports governor of minnesota with the chief rocker jersey Vern, calling us from atlanta i do want to give it up to uh jungle brother first off uh because a good call on on you know putting the show out there i know he he didn't want to be on too long but i think once he saw the chat room filling up and you know jungle it's nice to hear you laugh for a change man you know, Jungle's always all wound up tight and whatnot. You know, the meds might be getting to him, but Jungle it was Jungle was having a good time with it, and he did a very good job. So, Jungle brother, I know you're out there, man. Very good job on the uh, coffee sh- coffee show this morning, man. That was a great job. Yeah, man. It, it went from coffee to brunch to late lunch. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it was all good, man. And the thing about it, man, you know what I'm saying. Chief Rocket, I don't ever stop, man. You know, you see, I'm still going, following shows today. I'm sorry I missed Gary Jones. So, uh, got involved with the split people on the phone, you know, because I was trying to find out why, why the phone was bugging, man. And, uh, matter of fact, I got correction on it. He said it's the morning coffee show. I got you, Jungle. But, um, you know, so I miss Gabby Joyner's show, man. But, you know, I, I try not to miss people's shows, man, because uh, we all supposed to have one love from one another, man. You know, because this is Real Cash Ranger Radio, man. And, um, you know, for the Midwest to have you and to have us coming on and joining you, man, that's a big treat, man. Hey, well, I appreciate it, man. And that's what it's all about. You know, everybody's just following each other, you know, building this thing and, you know, expanding these shows and then, you know, getting it out there to even a, a bigger audience and just seeing what can happen with it. Um, and, you know, this morning I thought was real good. The morning coffee show, as Jungle Brother corrects me here. So keep an eye out on that, especially if Doug does do that afternoon thing. But um, Jersey, let me uh, since, of course, I got you on the line here, man. Um, we got to talk about this big game here, brother. So um, Carolina comes up a little bit short. Uh, I thought it was real interesting, obviously, before the last fumble that as as bad as Carolina was was playing and the party I was at, you know, just about everybody was rooting for, for Carolina. Um, you know, they were just a touchdown away from tying that. And, you know, all of a sudden, if, you know, if things could have worked out a different way, Man, it was real close to Cam, you know, being Superman and being the hero in that game. But, um, you know, unfortunately, it broke the other way. You know, uh, uh, not taking away nothing from the Broncos, which, uh, you know, as the days go by, you hear more and more about what actually took place and whatnot. We know everybody knows that uh, Tlaib was a dirty player that game. You know, he was mugging people all throughout the game because that was his attention from the start. Uh, we all know that the NFL blew by putting a six-year uh, rookie 
referee as the referee, the head referee of the show. You know, you got a big game like that, man. You know, you, you hate to use the officials as being one of the problems, but you got a big game like that. You do not take a six-year man and put him in front of guys that got 10, 15, 20 years in the league and put them, put him over there to referee the biggest game of the world. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in their mama all over the world is watching this game. I'm quite sure they got big-time ratings. And, um, you know, for that to happen, and then for some of the receivers, you know, not to, he, he, didn't have, he didn't have enough time to get to a, a, a game all the time or uh, hit Ocean on a lot of passes because of the pressure, you know, but for, um, you know, receivers to drop balls. You know, some people say Cam threw a yeah, lot of high exactly. balls. I didn't see too many. I didn't see, I seen him throw a couple, but it wasn't like some people put it. He threw a lot of high balls, you know. I mean, he threw the ball because he had to, because his two offensive tackles, man, right, exactly. it wasn't in the game. Exactly right. It was not in the game because they made Bob Miller and um, DeMarcus Ware, who really wasn't that much of a factor in the playoff this year, you know, he was average in the playoffs. They made them two look like superstars, man. You know, and I bet you anything in this world, DeMarcus Ware do not have a good season next year. Von Miller may be average, and Von Miller usually get hurt, you know. So it happened, he stayed healthy for this game. But, um, hey, man, I'm going to put it to you like this, man. Carolina Ross, you know, they let you learn from your mistakes, you know. Uh, Cam Newton, to me, I don't care what nobody say. When people keep saying Cam this, Cam that, the most thing they can say about Cam is he walked out of the press conference. But let me tell you something, um, Governor. First of all, the NFL, blew, they blew that too. You do not have a press conference where you got curtains drawn up, you got the other team on the other side. Exactly. You know, press conference the same way. So you have it in a building where it's a conference role, you in one conference role, the other team in another conference role. And you don't know what's going on in either room. You know, that is very tacky for an organization that makes billions of Jersey, dollars. Jersey, let me, let me say something about that, man, because you hit it right on the head again. That was the first time I had ever in my 46 years on this planet heard of the opposing team's players being that close during a press conference with the MVP quarterback of the Super Bowl who, of course, is going to be in a pissed-off mood because he just lost the biggest game of his career. I mean, understandably, people got to also remember about the, the human emotion in this, too. I mean, it's real easy for people to, from the outside to sit and go, oh, you need to be like this. I, you know, I was reading an article or uh, listening to a reporter on the satellite radio on the way home comparing Cam to uh, Scott Norwood after he missed the kicks uh, for Buffalo and, you know, he sat there for a half an hour. He took the questions. He did this. He did that. He spoke at the big rally in Buffalo. You know, good for Scott Norwood. You know, people react right. differently. People react differently. And right. people got to remember the human element in this. Uh, that man was upset. Right. He's a competitor. He lost the biggest game. He knew what was coming. You know, he knew he was going to have to talk about that fumble. He knew he was going to have to talk about uh drop passes and, and von miller's helmet in his chest all night so you know that's right, that's right. all I, that's all i wanted to say you know i didn't want to take away from your time jersey but uh, you know that was no, 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 man 
And we feed off of each other, man. That's that's what this talk radio is about, feeding off each other. You know what I'm saying? You felt the most a moment right there, and I wanted you to feel your moment all the way through. But another thing, another thing, Vince, where um, they dropped the ball at too, right, was um, the commissioner himself, right? Uh, he's just trying to make people look bad because he dropped the ball on at the flake gate last year. He still got Brady playing because he dropped the ball big time. You know what I'm saying? And it still ain't come up when they're going to go back to court feathers. You know, it ain't over. People think it's over because that's going on. It says all over to the season over. I mean, the season for Brady was over two weeks ago. Why he ain't back in court? Now, you know, I don't understand that. You know, so right, this right, is my right. thing, right? Um, uh, it, was, it was also said... It was also said that uh, uh, a lot of people, including myself, you know, said that Cam Newton did not backtrack on what he did. He said, yeah, you know, I left. I'm not backtracking. The reason right. I left is because I didn't like how things were going on, you know. And uh, it's a yeah. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, No, I was just gonna say because uh, Jungle and uh, Greg go out here in the chat room posting up some good stuff. And again, you're listening to Sports Done Right, Vince Wright, with the Chief Rocket himself, Jersey Vern, um, Jungle Brother um, is out there, and him and Grego are going back. And Grego said, um, "How are you gonna have excited players that just won a championship next to an upset team that just lost the biggest game of their career? That was horrible." Jungle Brother says the only sports yeah. talk I've listened to was our own sh- was our shows and Stephanie Little. Um, Grego says Goodell loves drama, did that on purpose. And Jungle Brother, good point here, says I'm glad Cam didn't backtrack, flip flop uh, his actions and his words. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, people, you got to remember um, the the human element here is 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 in play, and it's real easy. For us to, you know, comment from the outside. It's like when you go to a funeral, you know, some people handle death differently. Some people are very emotional and are emotional and crying and they're all over the place. And some people are very stoic and, you know, sit there like they're on Mount Rushmore and there's no tears. You know, people are just different people. And, you know, we got to take a a minute here and step back and and just kind of take a deep breath on some of this stuff, man. That's all I'm saying. Well, Jersey, go ahead, my friend. Um, hey man, it's like this, man. Um, you know, the game over, you know, people leave Cam alone, you know, because if you're not going to ride what other people are doing out here, Spanish sports, you know, don't ride this man because he got the MVP. That's the whole reason they're riding him because he got the MVP. But I also told is if you don't go to the press conference, it's making it look bad. He went to the press conference. He sat there and he didn't like a lot of things that was going on. Then he left. And he answered every question they asked him. But when he heard that other guy on the other side talking from Denver, you know, he just felt disrespected. And then this is another thing, um, Vince, right? Uh, Bobby Knight, other coaches, other players used to go in there. They didn't like what was going on. They pushed the table out the way and they walk away and don't say nothing else. Just walk away. You know, the press conference had it by yourself. I heard Bobby Knight say that plenty of times. And you know, us being from the Big Ten as far as, you know, you went to school, I went to school. You know, we know what goes on. And Bobby Knight was the biggest big in uh, the Big Ten, man, as far as being a coach and supposed to show respect, man. But, you know, you don't ever hear him dogging Bobby Knight out, you know. Only reason Bobby Knight not in the basketball 
is because he waited too long to take a job because there was a lot of schools wanting him. He just wanted the perfect job, you know. That's the only reason he's out of basketball and whatnot. But, um, girl, you go ahead on. This is your show. You tell me or you ask me what you want to talk about. That's all. Well, let's do this here, man. I got to handle an issue here on this board. Um, can you hang out for right. for four minutes? Three and a half minutes? Hey, I got you, man. All right, hey, man. Okay, good, folks, good. let's do this here. We're going to take our next break. Um, three minutes, 40 seconds. We're going to be right back here with the Chief Rocker, Jersey Vern. Um, we got some stats to go through with this game. We got some fun numbers that we can go over as well. And, again, sports done right on Spreaker.com. Um, we got scores. Uh, Purdue is uh, up 11, 25 to 14 on Michigan State here in the first half. Maryland is playing Bowie State, and I wonder if that's maybe some type of makeup game, maybe some weather issue from earlier. Uh, but they're up by dang near, uh, oh, about 40 points, uh, 64 to 39 uh, over Bowie State. And then a uh, game starting at 8 o'clock Eastern time, 7 Central. Vern's Ohio State Buckeyes are at home against the Northwestern Wildcats. So, folks, we will be right back after this break.
do-it-yourself. When you want your sports done right, you download the Spreaker app to your mobile devices and follow the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk and beyond. This is Sports Done Right. Now, let's get back to the show. And what's going on, everybody? Vince Wright, Sports Done Right, back at it here with our main man from Atlanta, GA, the main man himself, Chief Rocker, Jersey Vern. Jersey, looking at some of the stats here, my man, and um, looks like uh, the Carolina passing game. You know, let's talk about that, these drop passes. Corey Brown had four receptions for 80 yards. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., who uh, had an infamous drop, had four catches for 74 yards. Uh, Greg Olson had four catches for 41 yards. Funches had 40 yards receiving on a couple. Kotri had 17 yards. What do you take, or excuse me, what do you make of these Carolina receivers? Obviously did not have a good game here, but, uh, you know, what is Carolina going to have to do to up their game in the receiving uh, part of the uh, football team here? Okay, yeah, I like how you gave those stats, but only thing about it, you didn't say uh, Corey Brown was uh, six for whatever, how many he dropped. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to see how many drops was made for Cam Newton. Oh, okay. And, who, um, usually, was, I'm sorry, Jerry, who was that? I think I got that info for you. Who was that you wanted to hear about? Uh, I just wanted to hear that like, you was calling out how many receptions the receivers had. I wanted to hear how many drops they had because I was going to add them drops up to some other stats Cam had throughout the playoffs and see why would they okay. drop in so many passes. Okay, let's do that real quick here, Jersey. So let's start with Corey Brown. He had four receptions. He was targeted seven times, so three incompletions. Okay, uh, Ted Ginn right. Jr., four. Uh, he was uh-huh. targeted ten times. Greg Olson had four receptions. He was targeted nine times. David Funches had uh-huh. two receptions. He was targeted five. The same with Jericho Cotri. Fozzie Whitaker had one reception, and uh, it was the only pass that was thrown his way. And Mike Tolbert right. didn't have any receptions, and he was targeted once. So there, there okay, we go. Okay. 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 Okay, I see. Okay, so most of the times he was trying to throw the um, take get was offline because of the pressure. Because I didn't see him ball go to his hands and he was dropping them. So, okay, I, I was just trying to analyze that situation, you know. But anyway, uh, that question to me was, um, let me see, you asked me uh, uh, oh, I asked. what I think of, about the receivers. Right, yes, um, this, this, this is what I feel. Uh, they're getting their number one receiver back next year off of injury, Benjamin. I hope he rehab it. You know, I'm speaking on 18, even though, I don't want their team to do good because my team is regrouping. We got new coaching staff and all that. So, uh, uh, but I'm going to speak as a person in Cam Newton's shoes because that's who I really care for on that team. And so I feel that what they got to do is they got to get another receiver in there to put on the opposite side of Benjamin, throw um, Ted Ginn in the slot, and you got three quality receivers on your team right there. And the rest of the guys that you throw in like that fourth receiver, you know, they're coming in and out and whatnot and alternate with the other receivers. But they definitely need to pick up a big name receiver. And what I'm hearing, because um 
we listen to uh, this other show, this young lady who has a great show. We listen to her show. Uh, she said that, and I've seen this too on the Giants site, the Giants is targeting uh, Chicago, uh, Alfred, Al, Al, Alfred Jefferson, Jeffries, uh, Al Jeffries, whatever his name is, uh, from Chicago. Um, they're targeting him. But she said uh, by him being free, he may just go to a winning team, which is uh, Carolina. You know, um, that would be good. They can get him. But at the same time, I'm selfish. I want the Giants to get him because he would go good on being on the opposite side of ODB. And Victor Cruz is coming back. And uh, Victor Cruz needs to restructure his contract so we have enough money to get some other people in there, too. All right, I hear you, folks. We rocking here on Sports Done Right with Jersey Vern, the Chief Rocker. I am the Sports Governor Vince Wright, coming to you from a very chilly Minnesota here tonight. Going down to the single digits again, people. So stay warm out there if you're listening here from the Great White North. Uh, I know it's been beautiful. My cousin been sending me pictures from Atlanta, so I know it's been real nice down there, Jersey. Oh uh, well, uh, did your cousin send you pictures of the day? Because up in North Georgia, they got a couple of inches of snow. We oh, had a little snowflake oh. down here. Yeah, they're expecting uh, expecting some nice snow to come up in North Georgia. But what happens down here in Atlanta, all we get is like uh, probably a dusting. You know, you probably got something on the car tomorrow or on the ground. You know, I never had to shovel. If anything, I go get me a box of salt, some mulching salt and something, and I sprinkle that and so it don't turn into ice. But, um... Now, it's not going to get bad here. The temperature is about in the 30s right now. Uh, it's supposed to drop a little more tonight, you know, but that's about it, man. Um, Atlanta been great, man, this whole winter, man. I think we only had one week of real cold weather, you know. Uh, it's been really, it's been like, you know, you're in Miami or something, man. That's how I've been feeling, man. But, you know, me, I ain't taking my clothes off. I'm from the north. I know when the weather's tricky like that, it's supposed to be cold. That's when you come up to flu. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, before we uh, continue here with the Super Bowl talk, let me just get the, the NBA games out there tonight. We got five NBA games. Got the Spurs and the Heat going off at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Uh, also, 8 o'clock start on the East Coast, Washington, and your New York Knicks, Vern. That's also, right. Yeah, I got it. Boston and Milwaukee, uh, Utah and Dallas are 8.30 start. And then the late game tonight is uh, Houston over at Golden State. So um, I'll ask you about the Knicks here in a minute, Vern, because I know you got a lot to say about your Knicks here. Um, wanted to get some other stats out there for the folks. Cam Newton was 18 of 41, had 265 yards, uh, one interception. Peyton Manning was 13 of 23 for a buck 41 and one interception as well. And uh, the Denver receivers, Emmanuel Sanders had six receptions for 83 yards. Um, Andre Caldwell, you know, the Denver receivers didn't really do a whole lot. C.J. Anderson was the next one with four receptions. Um, Andre Caldwell had a catch for 22 yards. But, you know, we, we, we know how Denver won the game here. It was all on the defensive side of the ball. So let's speak a little bit, Vern, on that Denver D-line, man, because uh, DeMarcus Ware... And obviously the MVP of the game, um, Von Miller, boy. I mean, you know, regardless of what side you were rooting on there, I mean, them some bad boys right there. Um, you know what, uh, Gov? If you really look at that whole situation, defensive line, offensive line, Carolina 
um, center and two guards, they have their own. Because nothing came up the middle on Cam. It's just that it was so much pressure on the outside, and I never knew that uh, Bob Miller was that fast, right? Um, because once he beat the tackle, he was able to stop Cam before Cam can really slip out the pocket. And DeMarcus Ware, uh, he was stunting. The only time he ever had pressure at the middle was when he stunted and came around the opposite side of the dog, you know. And, um, you know, that, that, that's about it, man. But like I said, them two guys right there is what caused a lot of havoc with the Panthers on this game right here. And it's because uh, you had two offensive tackles that I don't know if they had butterflies or, or, or Michael Michael should never had no butterfly because he played in the Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, you know. So I don't know what was his problem. But um, the other tackle, maybe he had butterflies, man. It was a big thing. <laughs> right, but exactly. see, but see, this is this is where this is where your offensive coordinator got to get creative. When you got people rushing like that, draws or a quick pass across the middle to the to a slot receiver. You know, you got to spread this thing out, man. You got to have four receivers so Cam can hit that short man all the time. You know. Uh, you can't have plays where the guys are trying to go 10 yards all the time or more. you got to start nickel and diming them to make everybody be honest. That's the thing about it. I don't know where Shula really got his title as being offense coordinator. Did he ever play ball? Or he just I don't know took if up he coaching did. because yeah. of his father. Yeah, well, I, I think I he have just no took idea. up coaching. You know? But uh, exactly. he, 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 uh, he, he, he was awful, man. He was awful as an offense coordinator, man. It's like he got a brain fart in the game, and it never cleared up, man. He still had that funk up in his head, man, you know? Well, here's the thing, and um, I got some information here, and I believe this is from the Charlotte Observer, uh, Jungle Brothers hometown newspaper. And what they say, there's um, the title of the story. I was going to get into it a little later, but what you just said kind of goes into something. So I'll jump into one part of it here, Jersey. Um, it kind of talks about the four things that they need to do to return to the Super Bowl. And since we're talking about their offensive line, it says draft an offensive tackle early. And I'll just go ahead and read this real quick here and get your thoughts. Um, This is uh, from uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, The independent analytics analytics website said that right tackle, God, I wish I could talk, right tackle, Mike Reamers allowed three sacks, and seven quarterback hurries on Sunday night. It was a horrible game for Rimmers. He was also unfairly tasked too often by coaches with blocking Denver MVP um, Von Miller one-on-one. So that goes about not being able, why are they not double-teaming Von Miller? I mean, obviously this guy's getting beaten on every play. It also goes right. on to, Yeah, it also goes on to say, how could Carolina, as as I just said, it says, how could Carolina not have devoted two blockers to Miller on every single play after realizing early how badly Rimmers would struggle? I just don't get it, says the author. Um, it says, as bad as Newton seemed, uh, pro football focus uh, graded him out higher than any other Carolina offensive player. Receivers dropped four Newton passes. His lone interception glanced off Ted Ginn's hands. And Newton was sacked six times. If he were any less athletic, he would have been sacked ten times. So I agree with that. What do you have to say there, uh, the Chief Rocker? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I've seen it, man. I'm, I'm at the bar, man. I'm like, 
And please, oh please, do something different because Von Miller has been in the backfield and he never been able to get our stock count. You know what I'm saying? And then when the, when the markets will stop making plays, I'm like, Michael, hey, what are you doing over there? You know, the whole thing came down to, um, now, me, you, Jungle Brother, anybody in the real cash ranges, we watch a lot of football. Now, if we was the coordinator that was going up against that deliberate defense, automatically, we would make some type of adjustments due to the fact that we know the game, and you know, in order to move that ball and keep your quarterback upright, you got to do some trickery. Okay? Exactly. So if they rush it like that, why not have, not, not Tober, because Tober is not quick and fast enough. When Stewart went down after the first series, you should have brought in uh, Whitaker. Why not have Whitaker back there like he don't block? So as we get free for that tackle, slip the ball in Whitaker, and where Red's coming from, you go right through this thing. Because there's nothing but open land, because he left a big gap there. You know what I'm saying? Why well, not do plays like that? You know, then, right. the late, huh? No, I was just saying, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, uh, Jersey, you know, I was just thinking of that one uh, trick play that they tried to go back to Cam on, and obviously that was uh, sniffed out real good. But, uh, you know, other than a couple times, man, they were just so damn predictable. And, you okay. know, you got to wonder what Shula was thinking, man. I mean, you, just he was Girl. not switching it up. Yeah, I wonder who was calling the plays on that touchdown drive because on that touchdown drive, they did misdirection plays. Um, they did quicker slats to the receivers, you know. Uh, I was wondering who called the plays then because that was a great drive. Uh, and only day they said that the face mask, no, the face mask didn't help him get down there. When he face mask him, they, he got out of bounds around the five-yard line. So all it did was give him half the distance to the goal and whatnot. But uh, uh, whoever was calling the plays there called a great series of plays. But after that, man, the rest of the shit was doodle. Excuse me, but the rest of the stuff was doodle. You know what I'm saying? It was straight up garbage, man. You know, this reminds me of when the Giants played uh, the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl, and Jim Foster was our coach, and our offensive coordinator was Sean Payton. Foster got mad at Payton early in the game and took the uh, offensive calls over. And he did never adjust to what the defense was doing. Even though that was a hell of a defense the Ravens had, he never adjusted to what they was doing. And that's how the Giants lost their only Super Bowl. And that was, Very that was the point. end of Foster. Very good point. Again, we got the Chief Rocket Jersey Vern on. You are listening, people, to Sports Done Right. I am the Sports Governor, Vince Wright. Got another Tuesday night here at the Executive Mansion. The First Lady is out of town on official business. And uh, the mansion is nice and quiet, so it's a perfect time to rev up the show. Um, let me get into this chat room here real quick, uh, Jersey, because okay. a lot of good stuff being right. spoken here. First off, we got to give it up for John Fisher, who's made it into the house. Big John, what's going on, sir? We appreciate you stopping in here. Hope uh, we got some cooking with the microwave after this show tonight. He is the master of late night sports talk radio. Make sure you're listening to cooking with the microwave. All right. So um, Jungle Brother says Shula played quarterback at Bama under Ray Perkins. I forgot about that. Very good. uh, Jungle Brother is here. Uh, What else we got? Jungle Brother says great info, Gov. You on your game tonight? I am on my game because I told you, Jungle, 
was going to put me on my game tonight. He, I knew he was going to be trolling me. I know he's looking for the first screw up by the Gov, so I got to come correct. But in all seriousness there, Jungle, I do appreciate that, my friend. Uh, really, 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 really do. Oh, and of course, the main man, Busa Bus, up in here. Let's give it up for the big man himself. What's going down there, Sigma? All right. All right. We having fun here tonight, Jersey. We having fun. Um, one more thing, and uh, Jersey, uh, the one of the things on this list, too, that it says is uh, upgrade the wide receiving cores. We kind of touched on that. One of the other things, it says keep Josh Norman. Carolina secondary got iffy late in the season after a bunch of injuries, but Norman was Carolina's best cornerback by a long shot. He's, a, he's about to become a free agent. Ideally, the Panthers will sign Norman to a long-term deal. If not, they must place the franchise tag on him and rent him at a very high price for another year. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see if they keep Josh Norman. They better. You know, what, you know what I think happened to Norman? Uh, Gov, I'm going to tell you what happened to Norman. I'm going to tell you what happened to the whole Carolina team. And the name of the game was the G-I-A-N-T-S. When they went up to MetLife Stadium to play the Giants, that was the hardest game they had this year due to the fact that the Giants, a weak, mind, a weak team on defense, was sticking them. You know, it seemed like the Giants played their best games against teams like New England, uh, Carolina, Cam Newton team, you know, due to the fact that it's always prime time and the Giants have the the, the vision and verge always of trying to beat the undefeated teams, you know. But uh, against a, a, a regular team, the Giants always suck, right? But this is my thing. What happened was, Norman got exposed against Beckham. What started all that, that um, pulling and grabbing and tussling was when uh, Beckham beat him, man. Beckham beat him for a sure enough touchdown, man. And Norman, after that, man, he just got on his hyenas and said, every time Beckham come my way, I'm going to hit him up. And so Beckham just took it personal, man. And that's why he went through all that tussling. But I think that's the game because after that game, uh, the next couple of games, Jackson Norman really didn't have no good games. And then he got ate up by Julio when the Falcons beat him. So Norman tried to, like, slap down after that, man, because – it was a brutal game with him and uh, him and um, ODB man, and uh, he kind of exposed them, man. You know, because when they played other teams, other pink teams were targeting Norman, you know, and he wasn't used to that. He was used to people not even throwing to his side, you know. Okay. Right. The Giants opened up that can of that can of worms on him, you know. What you feel about that? Well, sorry about that. Hit the wrong button there. Here's the thing, man. Carolina, for me, you know, I, you know, I can understand probably, you know, some of these guys were nervous first go around here to the Super Bowl. You know, it's only human. It's it's emotions like I talked about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to I think Carolina obviously is going to be in the mix for the next three and four years. Um, oh, true that. True you that. Know, I mean, there's 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 nothing. That leads me to to believe, you know, especially as we were just talking here, if uh, they, you know, they uh, sign what's his name, uh, Josh Norman, uh, Cam's in his prime. Uh, they, you know, they do got to get a receiver, but you know, Carolina now is a very attractive place for wide receivers to look at going in free agency. 
You know, you right, got uh, right. you got Mike Wallace here as a Viking going, hey, I was supposed to be the deep ball threat for a guy who, as some people say, may not be able to go deep a lot of times. Maybe I need to get out to Carolina. So, you know, there's going to be all kinds of things popping here, and I think Carolina's going to be right in the mix, man. Uh, ain't going nowhere, and we'll definitely – uh, you know, I think the road to the Super Bowl next year, at least early on, you know, barring some type of injury, goes right back through Charlotte. Well, you know what, guys? If you see Mike Wallace, man, tell Mike Wallace the Giants got a spot if he want to come out there. <laughs> right if he want to be deep ball, <laughs> tell him if he's a deep ball receiver, Eli can get it to him. All right? All right, and the crowd agrees with you. All right, Jersey, before I let you go and wrap this up here, uh, again, we got the Chief Rocker on with us. Let me give you a couple minutes, man. As always, uh, let's talk about these New York Knicks here before we get you out of here. Um, you know, what do you think, man? Uh, you know, they're still going along tonight. They got, you know, uh, Washington, John Wall and company coming up. Uh, what, do you, what do you see for tonight? Uh, I see them uh, regrouping and playing because uh, a lot of times, uh, when a coach gets fired, uh, other coaches say the players are selfish. But I don't think this Knicks team is selfish. I think they tried to do what Byron Scott wanted. Not Byron Scott. I'm thinking about the other Laker. Derek Fisher wanted them to do or whatnot. But I think it got a little deeper than uh, Fisher trying to coach them. You know, I don't ever know. I don't know what the problem is, you know, because well, I haven't really tried to find it, out the it, inside source. You know, it sounds it. like they had an issue with Fisher messing with uh, – uh, what's his name's ex-wife? Um, uh, well, that's what people say. You know, that's what people but, say, God. But you know what? I don't think it goes deeper, players of your team. It goes deeper. Uh, players of your team usually have your back if you if you're their leader. But I think what it is, uh, this is what another person that's real close to them uh, mentioned to me is that um, Fisher was getting hard on some of the players. And they was like, won't you ease up? And then a lot of players didn't like how he was taking Bazingas out and keeping them out too long. A lot of people was comparing him being out the game as how the Mets do their pitches, like Mac Harvey and the young pitchers they got trying to reserve their innings and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Bazingas was out a lot too long, and teams was coming back on the next one when they had leads, and you didn't have your young gun in there that was helping your team get the leads you had. So uh, Phil Jackson had to step in because, you know, you, whenever you hear the crowd, with Master Square Garden, like I said earlier, is a place that stay packed, winning rules, they stay packed. You got big-time celebrities at the game always. You know, you got between 20 and 30 big-time celebrities sitting oh, in the, yeah. in the always, stands. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You always and, got uh, in there. You always yeah, have in the front row. And, you know, that's you what know that, about Madison Square Garden, man. It's, it's Showtime East. And Jersey. Right, um, right. The Mecca, baby. Right, exactly. You know? The Mecca. And, and just I wanted to give you a couple quick stats to run on real quick before you go. Okay, uh, go ahead. You go know, ahead. The Knicks have fallen to 23-31. and 31, and Derek Fisher's right. overall record was forty and ninety six, and he was hired back in June two thousand fourteen. So, uh, didn't seem to really be going uh, too well with him, unfortunately. Right, right, and um, this is this is my thing right here. The, the real problem of the whole situation, uh, God, we need a point guard, and I put this out there early on the. Uh, the show this morning I was on with Jungle Brother, right? I put this out there earlier. 
the Knicks need to make a trade for Sean Livingston from the Warriors. Because Sean Livingston come off the bench. Sean Livingston can start for any team in the NBA. Sean Livingston is about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, or could be 6'7". He can penetrate, he can rebound, and he can hit the shot anywhere on the court. And he's motivated after almost decapitating his leg. You know, he had a good therapy workout, rebuilt his leg, and he played with a couple of teams before he ended up with Golden State. He may not want to leave there, but all Golden State wants is a player and a draft choice, and they probably would trade him, man. You know, right. and he would help. He would help the Knicks out a lot, man, because the Knicks is just a point guard that can shoot the ball and penetrate and, and direct the team. If we get that point guard, the Knicks will make some noise in the playoff this year, man. All and I right. think that's what Jackson's thinking about. He's thinking about making a big time trade before the trade deadline is over. And if he get what he wants, then the Knicks are going to be on the move, man. And uh, I appreciate right. this time, guys. Hey, no you know. And, uh, amen to everybody out there in the chat, man. You know, hey, support this man right here. He got a, some more hours to go on this show, man. And, you know, let's give him what we can give him, man. And, hey, Vince, you keep doing what you're doing, baby. Everybody in the Midwest, man, sports done right. Tuesday night, do that thing with him because this is real cast, brother, right here. Real cast to the end, Jersey. Thank you so much for calling in, brother. We will talk to you again real soon, man. Hey, I thank you, my brother. All right, peace. All right, y'all. Jersey Vern in the house. Let's give it up. Stand up. Give it up for the man. That's right. Jersey Vern in the house, y'all. All right. Jersey joined us for almost 50 minutes, man. I really appreciate that. Like having my co-pilot right next to me. Let's do this. Let's get a break in. Let's get everything reset. Let's come back. I got some fun numbers to go over again with the Super Bowl. Some interesting statistics for you. Cam Newton, let's talk about him. Was he uh, right? Was he wrong? I think he, uh, you know, again, the human element is one thing that people forget about. Going to talk about Peyton Manning stepping off into the sunset in victory. Uh, catching up with his brother with, with his second title. And we got a couple quick little tidbit of gopher news after we get back. So let's do this. Let's get this break in, y'all. Smoke them if you got them. Drink what you drink and sip what you're sipping on. And come back with me, the sports governor, Vince Wright on Spreaker.com. Some steak and whining and dining. I ain't tricking on no chicken. Leave it 
on you. I got nothing but love for you.
I'm in front of me. The crowd runs to me. My DJ is warm. He shakes. I call him Norm. You know, he can cut a record from side to side. So with the ride, the glide, to be much safer than a suicide. Soul control beat is the father of your rock and roll. Music for what for which and you call a band, man. Making a music, a music, but you can't do it, you know. You call them demos. But we ride demos too. What you gonna do? Rap is not afraid of you. Beat is for Sonny Bono. Beat is for Sonny Bono. When the MC first did a DJ, couldn't be a band. Stand on his own feet. Get you out your seat. Beat is for Eric B and LL as well. Hell. Wax is for Anthrax. Still like your rock bell. Ever forever. Universal and will sell. Time for me to exit. Terminator exit. Turn it up. So you can hear the governor get wicked. We back, y'all. When you want a job done right, you do it yourself. When you want your sports done right, you download the Spreaker app to your mobile devices and follow the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk and beyond. This is Sports Done Right. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show indeed. What's going on, everybody? Again, want to thank Jersey Vern for joining us live on the mic tonight. He called 651-968-0124. I believe we're going to be followed a little later on tonight by cooking with the microwave. The Gov has got roughly about 50 minutes left here. I got to be off the air a little bit after 8 tonight. Got to jump in the uh, executive uh, motorcade and go get little Sydney from basketball practice. But let me cover a couple of uh, fun little gopher notes here, as uh, we were talking about before. Well, first off, let's start with Rachel Bannon from the women's gopher uh, basketball team. She tied an NCAA single-game scoring record with 60 points in a 112-106 double overtime victory. Uh, the senior, she shattered the Minnesota record of 44, the Big Ten record of 49 points, and she is doing her thing, man. Rachel Bannon, University of Minnesota, tying the NCAA single-game scoring record. Way to go. We appreciate you. Do your thing, Rachel. And by the way, kind of a cute little girl, too.
All right, way to go. Again, Rachel Bantam, 60 points, tying the NCAA scoring record for single-game scoring. And, of course, we cannot talk gopher uh, props this week without our main man. That's right, Mr. Tony Dungy, the former University of Minnesota gopher quarterback, was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's right. Way to go, Tony. He's going to be the seventh former gopher enshrined. He joins Bronco Nagurski, Leo Lamalini, Bobby Bell, Bud Grant, Carl Eller, and Charlie Sanders as members of the Football Hall of Fame NFL. Dungy played for the Gophers from 73 to 76. He was the team captain in 1976. He completed 274 passes, 11th all-time in program history for over 3,500 yards, 10th in all-time history. He had 25 touchdowns, 9th all-time. He also rushed 413 times for just over 1,100 yards and had 16 scores, 4th all-time. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Dungy in the Hall of Fame. Way to go, sir. Well done, well done. Not a lot of good things going on in Gopher land here, so we take what we can get. All right, Kansas is up 43-38 here over West Virginia. That game is in Kansas. Um, good job there. Uh, the Jayhawks looking good. Sixth rank. West Virginia is the 10th ranked team in the country. And uh, again, 43-38. A couple other scores to fill you in on. Uh, Purdue is over is beating Michigan State 52-46. University of Dayton over Duquesne. Uh, that is 49-47. University of Dayton is a top 20 team, by the way. They're ranked number 19. Jungle Brothers, uh, Tar Heels from University of North Carolina are playing the Eagles from BC. Boston College up 18 to 11 early, uh, or not so early, actually, uh, just under 13 minutes left in the first half there. That game's on ESPN3. And Creighton is up, on a, got an early lead over number five ranked Xavier, 13 to 4. Uh oh, who do we got here? Hey, you talking with the Gov. Who we got on the line? What's going on, Gov? It's the microwave. Hey, cooking with the microwave. What's up, my brother? How you doing, my friend? Nothing much, Gov. Nothing much, man. Good show as always, man. Great show as always, man. I, I, I didn't talk to you one-on-one -on -one about, about this Super Bowl, man. Hey, what's on your mind, brother? Talk to me. Um... I'm not going to take anything away. And I said this the other day on, on Jungle Show, um, on, on this post-game show. I'm not going to take anything away from the defense. Um, they came out there and did what they did. But if you really look at it, Carolina's defense had a better game. The only thing was um, uh, uh, Denver's defense actually got points. You know what I mean? Um, Carolina's defense, right. they got the same amount of turnovers out of Peyton Manning as, as, as um, they did. But they didn't allow any offensive touchdowns from Denver. Like, not one offensive touchdown that Denver has, you know, they pretty much got their points off of their defense. And, um, you know, it was just – I said that. Like, hey, the only way I see Denver winning is if they get turnovers for scores. Um, I did think the referees did they, – they shammed them with a lot of calls. Um, I like Hakeem Lee personally, but he was out there playing dirty, man. And, I mean, I guess he figured, oh, if they find me or whatever, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make it in the soup, you know, to get a ring. But he was out there playing dirty. 
Um, hey, John Fisher. The play caller wasn't good. Uh-huh. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it is funny you mentioned that because I had a story on that. And I'm, I'm actually just uh, scruffing through some papers here. So it's funny you mentioned that. And I got the story right here, my brother. Uh, NFL is going to consider Tlaib suspension. Um, I'll just read very quickly here and get your comments on it. It says uh, Broncos quarterback um, Akeem Tlaib viewed his decision to violently pull Panthers receiver Corey Brown to the ground by the face mask as something that would draw, you know, something like a parking ticket. But the league now is looking at um, suspending him for the start of next year. So it's going to be an interesting offseason to see what kind of suspension they come up with. Um, Tlaib obviously was bragging about this, said he actually did it on purpose. So I don't know why he did that, but yeah, man, it looks like uh, you know it may cost him some games next next season. There, fish. Well, I mean, even if it costs him some games, do you think he really cares? He got what he wanted, you know. And if you really look at it, those that's one of those penalties to where the the penalty doesn't really fit the crime. And I, and I don't know what they could have done, but it was a fifteen yard penalty that took place at the four yard line. So what? It's a yard and a half penalty, maybe two yard penalty. Like in all right. actuality, it doesn't do the it didn't do the offense any any good. It didn't do them any favors, and Akeem Tlaib still got to finish the game, and he was still out there. He you know he was trying to just break the Super Bowl record for personal foul in one game in the Super Bowl. Like it was just unbelievable, and the refs were just letting everything go. But meanwhile, when it's a holding call on the defense, um, when Carolina's got the ball, oh guess what? They picked the flag up. Like when do you see them pick flags up on holding or defensive holds or? You know, passing the finish, I've seen them pick, I've seen them pick flags up before, but it just seemed like they were just really just not trying to have anything help. They weren't trying to help Cam Newton in any way. Um, and it was just terrible, man. And I think the play calling didn't help either because you see that pass rush coming. Where are the screens? Why don't you send somebody to it, Exactly. Exactly. Where is the screen pass? Where is it? You know it's coming. Yeah. You can't expect you can't expect that man to block um, Von Miller one on one the entire game. Like, just, look, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you bring somebody in motion to have them crack back on it. At least to I heard Brian Dawkins talking about that. Um, you know, at least to bring somebody in motion and have them crack back on him once twice. At least to have his mind thinking, I can't rush so hard on the edge because this dude might crack. You know, he might crack back me before I get a chance to go in. You know, but they didn't really adjust the way they needed to adjust, and you know, and at the end. Cam Newton ended up holding the bag. Very well said. And again, folks, we got John Fisher. He's going to be cooking with the microwave tonight. Uh, his show's going to be coming up a little later on here. And again, uh, we got started a little early today with uh, some scheduling conflicts. So again, appreciate everybody kind of hanging out with me tonight. Um, Fish, yeah, um, you know, just like um, you were saying there, man, um, some some very interesting calls. What did you think about the big pass reception slash no reception there early in the in the first quarter? Because I, I I don't know, man. I mean, do you did the ball touch the ground or not? What do you think? The ball never touched the ground, man. I've seen all of the different replays. Even me and everybody um, at my neighbor's house who watched it, even and uh, my neighbor, he was actually rooting for Denver. He even in there like the ball didn't touch the ground. His wrist hit the ground. The ball jumped up. The ball never touched the ground, so I don't see how that's not a catch. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is there for him to do if the ball doesn't touch the ground? How do you call it incomplete? It's not like he was on the sidelines and you fall to the ground and you got to, you know, he's one foot stepped out of bounds and you got to complete the process of the catch and getting up. 
and securing the ball, but he was right in the middle of the field of play, and the ball never hit the ground. So I don't see, you know, I mean, he got robbed on that one, but then he turned right back around and gave Denver a gift, and he dropped that pass on the two-yard line. You know what I mean? It was a flat-out drop. Yeah, you know, good point, good point, man. It just, you know, it just I mean, seemed, you know. You normally know, dropped you, a couple picks, though, but, you know, that's right. why they play cornerback. You're not going to catch that in And also the missed field goal as well. I mean, things obviously just weren't breaking for the Panthers at all Sunday night. No, nah, it wasn't. Once they missed that field goal, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I kind of had that feeling like it just seems like it might not be their night. And also – I did say earlier on, you know, with my home before I played football, <laughs> it just kind of felt like, in a way, it was one of those games to where so many people would say it was going to go one way, then it would go the other. And, you know, like Josh Norman says, man, it's hard to win when you're playing against two teams. I don't know if he was saying we were playing against Denver and playing against ourselves, or if he was saying we played against him and we played against the referees. Because if you look at the way the calls were going, man, it kind of looked like they had to beat Denver and they had to beat the referees at the same time. Like, with the way that that pass rush was coming and hitting Cam, you know, he got hit a whole lot that game. You know, where was the design run call? They're coming off the edge. Let him, let him pick a lane, you know, and there were times that he had, he had lanes to run. But, right, you know, exactly. It is what it is, you know, a hindsight 2020. Um, you know, they just, I just, I didn't think that they made any adjustments like they should have. And, and they, they definitely didn't get any help from the referees. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, the referees, you know, made some interesting calls. Um, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But, um, you know, like I was telling Jersey, I think Carolina's in a good position to at least put themselves in play for the next, you know, four years or so. Uh, there's uh, no reason why, um, you know, they shouldn't be able to go out and land some receiving help. Then You know, that should obviously help them there, Fish. Um, you know, what do you think it's going to take uh, for the, for Carolina to to stay relevant? I mean, there's really no telling. I think they do need – they're going to need a number – if they can get a spot number two or even a great number one and move Calvin Benjamin to the two and have him in the slot, that that will be a, a nice receiving call. And that Philly Brown would be the fourth receiver. But at the same time, though, I don't know what they can do that will really guarantee them. You know, it's almost like, uh, uh, and this is what made me so sad about them losing, because, you know, you never know how big your window is, Gov. You remember a few years back, Oklahoma City played against Miami in, in, the, uh, in the NBA Finals. Right. And when Oklahoma City lost, everyone said, oh, yeah, well, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, they're, they're young, you know, they'll be back. But we are four years later. And now Golden State's the best team, and they still haven't been back. Whether it's injury to one of one one or the two of them, or injury to Ibaka during the playoff against the Spurs, you know, like you never really know what what's going to happen. I mean, Carolina takes a big injury, you know, God forbid, but Cam gets hurt, or or um, Olsen gets hurt, or you know, one of the defenders, Luke Keaton, gets hurt for an extended amount of time, or, or Norman. Like you never really know. What's going to happen next year? You know, you figure all the teams at the top of the NFC are going to retool. Yeah, very well uh, said. Seattle, yeah. we'll see how well they can get off the mat after losing Marshawn Lynch. But, you know, teams are going to be retooling up. Carolina, like I did hear you say, and I, and I agree with you, it's going to be a good destination for, 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 for players. They're going to want to go there, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. I mean, you ain't got Randy Mars, and they still off to the Giants. You know what I'm saying?
You're absolutely right. I mean, how many times have we seen it? Um, you know, teams that were supposed to get back Dan Marino, you know, back with Miami when they were the, the ish, um, you know, he got one look at it and never got back in all the years he played. Um, you know, you can go on and on. Um, and the folks, we got John Fisher here as well with us on sports done right every Tuesday night with the gov Vince, Wright. That's me. Make sure you're checking us out on Facebook, uh, sports done right page, W R I G H T. And in the chat room. Excuse me, had to hit that cough button there. Got a rough throat here. Um, Jungle Brothers says it took Philly Brown two quarters to recover from that uh, Tlaib mugging. Agree, agree there. Um, everybody's saying great points, microwave. Everybody uh, likes the call there. Uh, Busa says, I truly think Ginn will work on his hands in the offseason. They better look out. And, yeah, that's a must. Um, you know, the, Ginn Jr. is too talented to be dropping these footballs, Fisher. Well, Doug, we really look at it. Um, in the words of, 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 you know, Dennis Green, they probably, you know, he is who we think he is. Ted Ginn Jr. is a special team specialist. You won't see him fumble the punt or kick off, but you'll see him drop a pass. Or should I say muff? He won't muff many, but, you know, he was brought into the league. You know, I mean, Devin Hester, when they moved into the receiver, he didn't have the best hands in the world. You know, he didn't have the best route runner in the world either. It, it, was so, it was somebody, again, who was so dynamic on special teams that they said, hey, let's see if we can get this guy rest out here. He's been in the league nine seasons. Well, I think this might be, yeah, he's been in the league nine seasons, and he had more touchdowns this season, this season at receiver than he had his whole career combined. So, I mean, he's going to work on his hands, but, I mean, shouldn't he have been working on his hands since last season? Right, yeah. You know, and I mean, he's, yeah, I'm pretty sure they practice, and he practices catching footballs in practice. So they got the little gauntlet machine that's, you know, shooting footballs out of you and all of that. I, it's just the fact of the matter. It, it, he could be suffering from a Dwight Howard syndrome, you know what I'm saying? And then that's to say, you know, they'll say, oh, the practice Dwight Howard shoots 85, 90%. When you get in the game situation, you know, he just, it, it, it's a different mentality. You know, you're playing harder. You know, there's a whole lot of other things going on. You're not just running through it in practice. So, I mean, hopefully Ginn can work on his hands. But if he if, if, if it doesn't get any better or vastly improved, am I going to be surprised? Not at all. I mean, that's who right. he is. He's, yeah. a, he's a special teamer who was able to get some reps at receiver and has looked good because he played in camp. Right on, right on. All right, well, let's do this. Um, before I let you go here, Fisher, and again, folks, this has been John Fisher. He is cooking with the microwave. Uh, excellent show. First off, um, congratulations on the debut with Stuart Media, my friend. Uh, love that show. Love the Thank intro. Um, I had to get going early today, um, so I'm actually, as soon as this, uh, I get back from getting my daughter tonight, I'm actually going to download those tracks you sent me. Um, John Fisher, man, is a man of many talents, um, people out here, uh, not only uh, a great host for his own sports radio show, uh, the man can throw down them bars, he can rap, he can do it all. And fish, man, I mean, you know, that's why I call you, you are a creature of late night, man. And, um, you know, tell these people what you're doing, man. Cause, uh, that opening jam for your show, man, that was, that was nice. That was real nice, brother. Well, appreciate that, Gus. Well, I mean, the, the crazy thing about it all is that, like, those songs of like, maybe <laughs> yeah, around 2000, 2008, 2009, 
I would say any of the music that I play that's mine would range from, well, the opening track, that was actually from 2009. And the rest of them, they're like 2007 or younger. You know, so those those songs are old songs, you know. You know, like I said, I used to do my thing with music. Um, I ended up having to um, give it up, not not willingly. It was, you know, back, you know, old relationships, kids' mom and all that. Right. But, um, you know, you know, the boy has some skills, you know, and now, you know, at least I have music that I can play for my listening pleasure or let people hear it. A lot of people tell me that I shouldn't have quit or that I should try to pick it up again. But, you know, I really love doing the sports show thing, you know, so I just couldn't give music now at this at this point in my life. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Somebody come stroke me that check, you know, I'm going to do what I got to do. <laughs> right. But yes. the music would definitely be different. You know, I was living a different lifestyle back then. You know, now I'm older, more mature, so it's different things that I will be talking about now. And I plan to one day make an opening song for, um, shoot, for all of the shows. You know, once I find a nice studio, I can make one for you, I can make one for Jersey, make one for Jungle, you know, make one for Diplomat and Ninja, make one for myself, where everybody have their own little personalized, you know what I'm saying, rap for the, to hey, open the show. That, that but, would um, be you know, very nice. That would be very nice, man, because... Yeah. We got a lot of musicians out here. I know Dollars and Cents, he's doing his DJ thing. You know, you're doing your thing. Um, you know, everybody's out there on them boards. We got all kinds of DJs out there. Uh, KC as well. So, man, uh, I just wanted to give you props, man. It was a great show. Uh, you know, it flowed well. I thought it was a good fit with uh, what Doug's trying to do. And I'm trying to figure out uh, kind of a little thing uh, myself to get on there as well, but I just had to give you props, man. Very well, it was nicely done. Nice. Appreciate done. that. Appreciate that, Doug. I, I wish you know that. And what's crazy is you, you were listening to the show live. Um, the one time I decided the show was going to go on SME, things started going crazy with the signal and everything. And you know, so the people who who heard it on SME, they didn't, they they just ran my units, you know. But the next show that I post on SME, I made sure she's there. You know, I just figured, um, you know, we got a nice little base here with the real cast family, you know, the real cast ladies and everything, Doug, but I figured, okay, maybe it's time to take a step, try to broaden my horizons, get some form of promotion, you know, because I don't have any. Um, I mean, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I can at least say I try, but I'll never know if it works or not without trying. So I figured, why not? Worst thing that happens is, you know, it doesn't do anything. Big deal. Exactly, man. Very well said. Okay, folks. Well, Fisher, thank you for joining us, my friend. Um, I appreciate it. I'm going to be listening. Um, I probably I won't be able to get in the chat too much tonight, but I'll be listening to you, my friend. So thank you again for popping no, no, in, no. bro. No, no. Great show, bro, man. Thank you, sir. All right, folks. That was the main man, John Fisher. Give it up for him. Yes, yes. Love fish, love everybody. Boosa's up in here. We got Jungle Brother. Boosa says, I played the trumpet in the Army Band for 29 years, Microwave. Jazz is my thing. Let me know if you need my talents. All right, give it up for Boosa. Not only serving the country, but playing the tr- Shoot, man, playing that trumpet as well, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate your service. Um the Chief Rocker, he's a veteran as well. Appreciate your service, sir. And, of course, Jungle Brother was a Marine also, so definitely appreciate all the veterans out there um, protecting us. And, um, you know, we do appreciate your service, fellas. You know that, man. All right, so what else is going on here? Oh, our main man. Yeah, there he is. Manziel back in the news. 
Oh boy, what can we say? This guy supposedly hit the girl so hard that he busted her eardrum. Why is this fool not in jail? I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous now. Look, I don't hope for bad things for nobody. I hope, you know, he can get whatever help he needs. I mean, quite honestly, but this is ridiculous. This man's been smacking this girl around now for a long time. Keeps dodging bullets, so to speak. And nothing ever happens to Johnny Manziel. What's going on, man? This is ridiculous. Any other athletes? Some melanin? You know what's going down. But in all seriousness, man, just there is no excuse for this. Texas authorities need to be ashamed of themselves for the way they handled this, man. This is ridiculous. I know, and Doug said it earlier, palms were greased. Dude, his dad is worth $50 million. $50 million. Here, let me get out of that law and order theme there. But $50 million, a phone call was made. And once again, this guy escapes any type of retribution for domestic violence, allegedly. Allegedly, I have to say that as a host, I, you know, you got to cover yourself here. But allegedly. So there it is. Again, if this was uh, other athletes, perhaps we know what would be going on right now. If this was you and me right now, shoot, our trial might have been over by this point. We might have been on our way to the state pen. This is just ridiculous, man. You know, domestic violence is just something that we don't get down with regardless. And, you know, this guy's over here beating the girl so bad that now she she's lost hearing in her left ear. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Johnny Manziel, get it together. Whoever his inner circle is better get it together. And that's all the Gov's going to say about that because it's it's no longer a sports story for me. Um, this is really getting out of hand. And, oh, the other thing is uh, when he was uh, supposed to be at concussion protocol or he showed up for to the practice drunk. Remember, uh, they couldn't find him and all that stuff. Now he shows up and he was drunk. I mean, come on, man. Johnny don't want to play football. Listen to the Gov. The Gov's been telling you this for months, people. I've been telling you this on other podcasts. I've been telling you this on my show. Ever since this whole thing broke, he don't want to play. He he has issues, obviously. And this guy is just uh, uh, acting a fool right now. So, again, we're going to move on from Johnny Manziel. It's no longer Johnny Football. It's John Manziel. And dude got to get some help. But anyway, again, folks, you trolling here with the sports governor, Vince Wright. That's right, every Tuesday night. And we're going to be going to about 8.15 Central Time, 9.15 on the East Coast there, people. Then we're going to cook with Le Microwave. That's right, John Fisher, you just heard him. Great call, as usual. Um, love John Fisher. Love everybody on these channels, man. And you're right, we got to we got to do our thing. We got to expand our horizons. We, you know, we got to, you know, expand the audiences. We got to do a, We got to bring it for the people, man. We got to bring it for the people. And, you know, everybody's doing that. John Fisher, great late night host. Jungle Brother, um, the morning coffee show. I, I really do like that format for Jungle. I don't know if his schedule is going to allow him to be free in the mornings when he's uh, in the big rig hauling uh 
you know, his freight, but that would be real nice, Jungle, if you could get out there, man. That was a real nice format this morning. I know me and you have been going back and forth hardcore the past couple of days here on the Big Ed, but, man, that was a real nice show this morning, a lot of fun, and that's why, honestly, like Vern was saying, it would be nice if Doug actually does go to the afternoon and open that up, open that time up a little bit. It was a nice spot, so... All right, man, let's do this. Um, I am going to tell you a little bit here um, as we continue. Um, There's some local Minnesota Super Bowl news here and kind of goes to my brother-in-law, Jeff Pohl. I don't know if he's listening. Sometimes he listens without actually getting in the chat. But if not, he can go back and listen to this. But the high school that my nephew, his son, Dylan Pohl, goes to is the football factory of the East Metro here in uh, the Twin Cities, Creighton-Durham Hall High School. They have had another player uh, play for the uh, world title here, and this player who comes from us is uh, former Creighton-Durham Hall Raider Ryan Harris. That's right, Ryan Harris. He is an offensive lineman. And I'll just read the story here by one of the great uh, local writers, Charlie Waters. Uh, from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. And uh, Jeff is here. Jeff, you're going to love this story, man. So, again, talking Creighton-Durham Hall. Three years ago, Creighton-Durham Hall grad Matt Burke started at center for the Baltimore Ravens, who defeated San Francisco, as we know, on Sunday. And, again, this story came out before the game, so that's why it says that. Creighton-Durham Hall grad Ryan Harris will start at left tackle for the Denver Broncos, who play Carolina. Uh, The representation is an extraordinary feat for the St. Paul School that has also produced Hall of Famer. Now listen to this resume, people, and we'll give it up for Creighton-Durham Hall here. Uh, They have produced Hall of Famer and Twins manager Paul Molitor. American League MVP Joe Maurer went to high school there. Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Chris Winkie. Remember him from Florida State. All-American jungle brother from the Miami Hurricanes to you. That's right. NFL quarterback as well, Steve Walsh, is a graduate of Creighton-Durham Hall. Jersey, this one's for you. New York Rangers captain Ryan McDonough is from Creighton-Durham Hall. Buffalo Bills Super Bowl offensive guard Corbin Lucina. Buffalo Bills starting offensive lineman Centro Henderson, uh, who went by way of uh, Miami there. New York Giants Super Bowl center Derek Engler. Another Giants guy for you. Arizona Cardinal wideout Michael Floyd is a graduate from Creighton-Durham Hall. Hall of Fame NHL player Bob Paradise. Major League infielder Jack Hanahan. NF, or excuse me, NHL player Mark Alt. Fast-rising Milwaukee Bucks assistant Sean Sweeney is a graduate of the high school. And Major League umpires Tim Cheetah and Mark Wegner are as well. So got to give it up locally here for Creighton-Durham Hall High School. Way to go, the the program of the east side. Very proud that my nephew goes to school there. He's he's trying to ball out, do his thing. But beyond the the actual athletics, it is a a great private school. And as you heard there, the roster is long. The roster is deep. And way to go for those uh, folks there as well. Um, Again, this is a school of just over 1,200. And they do it right. And, you know, I haven't always been a fan, actually, as I grew up on the Minneapolis side of town. So I got some other private schools, I guess, I rolled with coming up there. But you got to respect the program there. Um, Hats off to them. And let's do this. We are going to take a quick break. 
We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about this big game here. And we'll give you some updates on some NBA scores. Again, we got about half hour left. The sports done right. And um, we will get right back to you here. Oh, let me jump in the chat room here as well real quick. Um, Jersey, that was a good coffee at Fisher. Had a little coffee in, uh, there. Um, Jeff was in here as well. Go, go CDH, Creed and Durham Hall. Busa says impressive. Jeff says in Dylan Pohl, nice piece, Vin, man. Oh, thank you very much. I thought you, I'm really glad Jeff heard that live on the air. So, um, Groundhog Basketball Talk. Here's the talk, Jungle. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. These fools, man. There is no talent on the basketball team here at the University of Minnesota. There is no talent on the University of Minnesota. There's actually one player, that Henderson kid from San Antonio. All right, get rid of that. There it is. Go for basketball in a nutshell. Um, they have a game tomorrow night. Um, I don't even know who they're playing. <laughs> the Gov is just in a bad way today, man, a bad way. Um, actually, let me fill you in on Big Ten scores from tonight, actually. Then the Buckeye game has gotten started for you, Jersey. Northwestern is up with three and a half minutes left in the first half, 25-17 to 17 over Ohio State. Purdue and Michigan State are tied midway through the second half. And Maryland, they did close out Bowie State 93-62. to And again, that must have been some type of makeup game as well. Um, Big Ten basketball, things are still going good for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Indiana's looking uh, very good as well. Uh, Gophers are just trying to get to that Rutgers game, man. The battle of the toilet bowl between those two teams, so... We will see, people. We will see. All right, so let's do this. Let's get our break in here. Um, like I said, we got a little less than half an hour left of the show. Uh, please tune in tonight for Cooking with the Microwave, and he will be live on Spreaker.com as well. Did a great job on his debut on uh, the Doug Stewart uh, Media and Entertainment Network. Uh, look forward to Blazing Trails with him on my way there myself. So, again, way to go, John Fisher. And next week, we will have some John Fisher tracks. I'm Like I said, I'm going to download it to the computer tonight. So we're all set to go. Had some stuff I had to get take care of. We got the early start tonight. So again, hey man, glad you're all listening. Glad brother-in-law Jeff caught that piece. Glad Jungle Brothers in here. And what can I say, man? You're listening to Sports Done Right. We'll be right back after this break. You're now tuned in with the best from the 213. It's DJ LOS. It's a long beach movie, y'all. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Turn up. So, nigga, where we ride on the haters. Nigga, where we slide motivations. If you want to find me, come to Long Beach. 213 is where I be. I'm from Long Beach. Beach City, Beach City, that's my claim to fame. Reminiscing while I'm twisting, standing in the rain. I'm in the mix again. All my joy, get fit to pain. And I grip the cane and I grip the grain. But I only came to spit the game. Straight up out that long beach to strong beach. Sneak baby in the party with that long heat. The wrong beach to play with. We stay with that Mossberg, that KK, that Chop Chop, that Woo Woo, that Spray Day, that's May Day. Now Snoop do what he want to. I will do and I won't do. Slide up, wide up. Fire 
that up and I dumped you. Now all it takes is one line for things to get flipped out. Long Beach, East Side, yes sir, we crept out. So nigga, where we ride on them haters? Nigga, where we slide motivation? If you wanna find me, come to Long Beach. Two one three is where I be. I'm from Long Beach. Two one three is where I be. Get down, tell me, oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall Tell me How you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance By standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall Cause I heard all the people saying Get down on it Come on and Get down on it If you really want it job done right, you do it yourself. When you want your sports done right, 
You download the Spreaker app to your mobile devices and follow the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk and beyond. This is Sports Done Right. Now, let's get back to the show. Back indeed, back indeed. What's going on, people? Appreciate it. Vince Wright, sports governor. And I am duly elected, and I am representing the state of Minnesota. And what can I say? I love being the sports governor of this great state. I appreciate the love that this show is getting. And by the way, folks, if you're a Kansas fan, they're putting it on West Virginia. They're up 70-58, to starting to pull away. Milwaukee Bucks up 49-48 early on, or not early, um, they're on Boston. And what else do we got here going for NBA scores? Just want to give you guys some updates there. Miami's up 30-28, 8 minutes, 40 seconds left in the second quarter there. We have the New York Knicks trail in Washington by 10, 47-37, 5 minutes left before halftime there. Uh, we talked about Milwaukee and Dallas is up early 16-14 on Utah. And again, the late game, the Houston Rockets and the Beard coming down to battle the Golden State Warriors. So, folks, um, some fun little stats here, some fun numbers with the Super Bowl. I thought that would throw that out for you. And, you know, just kind of have some fun with these numbers. So 194, 194, that's the net yards by the Broncos, the fewest for a victorious team in Super Bowl history. The previous low was 244 yards by the Ravens in their win over the Giants uh, back in 2001. Very interesting. Uh, Sixth, that is the Broncos were the sixth team in Super Bowl history to win the title without throwing a touchdown pass. The 1998 Broncos, led by John Elway, were the first to do so. Interesting. Um, that was in their victory over the Packers. Wow. That was, you would imagine Big John would have threw a touchdown pass. Interesting. Um, first, Manning is the first quarterback to start and win Super Bowls for two different teams. As we all know, he won his first one with the Colts back in 2007. Oh, and what's going on? The grandfather to Mr. Jungle Brother, the old man has gotten free in the home. Let's give it up for Mr. Cuddy Jackson. They're coming for you, Cuddy. They're coming for you, Cuddy. Get, get, get out, out, out. We're coming for you, Cuddy. <laughs> Having fun with old man Cuddy Jackson what's going on my brother what's going on just going through some numbers here um 200 that is career wins by Peyton Manning after Super Bowl 50 he has exactly 200 wins 186 regular season 14 in the postseason and that puts him by uh just past Brett Favre with 199 10th that was Miller was the 10th defensive player in history to be named the Super Bowl MVP. Miller, the second pick in the 2011 draft, killed Cam Newton, as we know, recording two and a half sacks, six total tackles, two forced fumbles, two quarterback hurries, and one pass defense. Obviously, one of the fumbles turned into the main touchdown that uh, early on there. 7,339 people. That's Manning's career pass, postseason passing yards, trailing only Grego's boyfriend, Tom Brady, 
7,957. So if uh, Manning does hang it up, looks like uh, Tom Brady stays in the lead there. Nine, that's the the number of years between Manning's first Super Bowl title and his second. Only Brady has had a longer gap as quarterback at 11 years. First, Gary Kubiak became the first coach to win a Super Bowl for the same team for which he was a player in the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. He joins Tom Flores from the Raiders and Mike Dicka from the Bears. Dicka. As the third coach in history to win a Super Bowl as a head coach for a team he played for. That is a very, very cool stat. Kubiak became the fourth, and that's the number there, fourth, coach to win a Super Bowl in his first year as head coach of that team. 61, obviously the yards of Jordan Norwood's second quarter punt return, the longest in Super Bowl history. And boy, wasn't that play interesting. Um, yeah, Carolina defenders got caught in a, a real bad way there. Um, seven sacks by the Broncos defense tied for the most in the Super Bowl. The Bears set the record in uh, 1985. Uh, 11 victories by a team wearing white jerseys. Interesting. And 11 again. Bronco wins decided by seven or fewer points this season, including the postseason. An NFL record. Their 14-point margin in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50 tied their second largest of the season. So there you go, folks. Some fun stats of the Super Bowl. I thought um, you get a little kick out of there. There's some fun stuff in there, especially for Coach Kubiak, um, third coach to to win for a team he actually played for in a Super Bowl. So, folks, this is uh, real interesting here. I wanted to get this out here again. You're listening to Sports Done Right with Vince Wright, the sports governor. Um, I'm going to jump in this chat room in a minute, but I thought this would kind of get us going here in the chat room. And I appreciate everybody listening, by the way. The NFL Players Association is not commenting on a new rule for incoming players. And this came from NBC Sports. I'm just going to read it. It is uh, posted by Mike Florio, um, very well-known writer there. Listen to this, you guys. It's very interesting. The NFL has decided to implement a new rule that bars college players with a record of certain types of crimes from participating in the scouting combine, attending the draft, or appearing at any other league-sanctioned event before they are selected. Reached by email on Tuesday, the NFL Players Association had no comment on the rule. Very interesting. Very interesting. Again, certain types of crimes... Hmm. Interesting. Implied in the lack of comment is that the NFL didn't consult with the union before unveiling the new rule. It's potentially not required given that incoming players aren't members of the NFL PA. Still, the union was directly involved in the development of the rule that imposes a three-year post-high school waiting period on players entering the draft. And that rule directly impacts players not yet in the league. The big, the bigger question is this. Does it make a difference if players convicted of domestic violence, sexual assault, or weapons offenses are banned from attending the scouting combine? Teams will still find everything they need to know about the player, and the teams will still draft talented players regardless of their personal history. The only way to ever change that would be to tie draft pick forfeitures on teams who give a player a second chance and who then fail to ensure that the player doesn't get in trouble again. To be clear, I'm not saying the league should do it do it that way. 
Instead, I'm saying that any other approach is window dressing and or PR spit and polish. Again, that comes from uh, Mike Florio, NBC Sports. Man, here we go. Goodell's at it again. Uh, and there's Boosa. I agree with you, Boosa. Why? Exactly. Goodell does what he wants to do, says Grego. That's BS, says Boosa. Absolutely. I heard uh, <laughs> old man Cuddy. I heard Granny bumping that cool in the game. <laughs> oh, funny. Um, but yeah, I, I that was real interesting. I was just you know scanning stories a little earlier on, on the lunch break there, and that came across, and I could not believe what I was reading. I mean that that's this is getting to be like you know Big Brother over here, man. This is ridiculous. I mean, hey, I you know I I get what you're saying, but I mean, come on, you can't just start. You know, putting roadblocks up to kids before they even get to the league and stuff, man. But, you know, it's the NFL, and they've been trying to do all sorts of weird things. You you see they want to put teams in Mexico City and over in Europe, and, you know, they're, they're expanding the Thursday night games that players just do not like playing. Um, you know, at the very least, they could put some Saturday games on instead of Thursday night. But, you know, that's a talk for a different time. But, man, this is – yeah, it's getting ridiculous out there. It is getting ridiculous. Well, we talked about the uh, Tlaib suspension possibility as well. Um, oh, another story. Ron Rivera, um, the, the, the coach of Carolina, had no issues with how Cam reacted on the fumble and at the press conference. Uh, this one uh, comes from uh, Michael David Smith, uh, either with uh, NBC Sports or maybe the Charlotte Observer. I don't have that credit written down. I apologize. But Panthers uh, coach Ron Rivera has no issues with the way Cam Newton conducted himself in the Super Bowl on the field or afterward, it says here. Asked on Pro Football Talk Live, so this must be NBC, about Newton's selling attitude at the post-game Super Bowl press conference. Rivera said that the public got to see the raw feelings of a great competitor whose team had just fallen short. The one thing about Cam that I think a lot of people have uh, to understand is that he hates to lose. He really does. And a lot of great ones have that, Rivera said. Unfortunately, we just didn't win the big one. I think he'll learn and grow from the situation and come back stronger next year. End of quote from the coach there, and I totally agree. Rivera also said criticism of Newton for failing to fall on the fourth quarter fumble is unfounded. Rivera said Newton was trying to locate the ball and get himself into position to recover it. Um, quote from the coach here, I think he was looking for the rebound. When the group of guys came diving in, when it ricocheted backwards, he tried to turn and get after the ball. When you look at the circumstances he was looking at, I have no problem with that. End of quote from Coach Rivera. Now Rivera says he needs his team to get back on track and get ready to come back better in 2016. And the coach says just rebuilding the confidence, getting the swagger back that we're going to need heading into the next season. Uh, that's what they're focused on right now. So good job there by the coach. Came a little short. Squad got a little out coach. But, you know, that's all it is, man. It's just the human emotion. You know, I've, I've seen the stuff on Facebook, um, you know, since the, the game ended. Um, whether you're for or against Cam, I'm going to take the people that are against Cam that have – kind of been going hard at him you know just remember man you know if you if you worked as hard as he did to to get someplace and you come up short like he did and and to you know obviously he did not have his best game uh the team collectively obviously didn't have their best game 
you come up short, you're upset, you know, don't cast the, you know, don't throw the stones if you're in the glass house, people. That's all I got to say. Um, I, I, I saw on one of my Facebook feeds here, I won't use any names, but uh, one person was upset. Uh, she was upset about the way Cam reacted, talking about, you know, uh, these athletes are the role models the kids look up to and, you know, who is he to act that way and this and that. You know, I mean, the guy was upset. Obviously, they, they stuck a, a Denver player right next to him to do the interview. Uh, the Denver guy knew that. He was kind of throwing, um, you know, uh, some not throwing words in a bad way, but he was doing his interview so Cam could hear it, obviously, and that's why Cam left. You know, I mean, sure, you want him there to to take the questions and, you know, maybe there's interviews to come, people, but, man. You know, it's, it's it's football. It's football. Got to move on. Got to move on. You know, season's over. We can't change none of this. You know, Cam Newton's this, still the MVP. Deservedly so, by the way. Totally earned it. And like I said, Carolina's going to be back. And they'll be back there in the, for the next few years. So, all right, man. Sports Governor Vince right here. We got literally just a few more minutes left of the show here. Um, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Um, we are just past the two-hour mark. Um, let's do this. Um, let's take one last quick break. Then I'm going to come back and put a bow on it. Um, let me get my thoughts together here on the ending of the show. Um, when I come back, we're going to get into the chat room again. I appreciate everybody out there. Busa, Grego, Old Man Cuddy, the Chief Rocker, my brother-in-law, Jeff Pohl, uh, my old friend that started it off here, Jason Adams, right from the beginning, listening live. I'm glad he popped in very, very, he was the first one in the chat tonight, and I owe him some uh, Minnesota Wild Talk. Um, we'll get into that another time, Jason. Just know this, uh, hockey fans. Minnesota Wild got a big game here tonight, and actually I will find out where we're at with that um, after we get back from the break. Dallas Stars in town. Minnesota Wild have lost uh, 10 of their last 11 games, going nowhere fast, by the way. And when Chicago hit their winning streak, those two teams went in opposite directions. Uh, Chicago sitting back atop the division. And let's see here what we got. Oh, hold on, hold on. All right, Minnesota at the end of the first period is up 2-1 to one over the Dallas Stars, and my Blackhawks are scoreless against San Jose tonight. And I was just seeing if Vern's uh, New York Rangers were playing. Doesn't look like they are. Uh, looks like the Los Angeles Kings are really putting it on the Boston Bruins tonight, 6-1 to one out in Boston there, Grego, so... That team goes down. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, let me guess, Gov, the female who had problems with the cam is real good friends with Boston Bob. Here we go. Old man Cuddy, Boston Bob, Easy Ed. Oh, boy, he's going to be back soon, and we're going to get him on with Jersey. And, Jersey, that was that was a real good idea to have him. Have, maybe we're going to try and set up a little New York-Boston debate here. Uh, between those two, I think that'd be real fun. Um, long as it's kept within reason, people. So, but anyway, uh, very funny old man, Cuddy Jackson. Let's do this. Let's take this break so I can come back. We'll put a bow on it. I got a real short song here, um, a little remake of an old Doobie 
Brothers Classic recorded here in Minnesota. And um, it is called What a Fool Believes. And I am actually trying to get the name of the band here. Excuse me. White Light Riot recorded at the Pachyderm Studios in Cannon Falls, Minnesota. Um, For those who don't know, if you're interested in music real quick, Pachyderm Studios is a real beautiful kind of country-esque setting about 40 miles south of the Twin Cities. All kinds of stars have recorded there from uh, Nirvana, recorded the the Nevermind album, a lot of it down there. A lot of local acts, Prince has been down there. So anyway, let's get this started. We're going to come back and finish up Sports Done Right. And Busa, oh, he wants to know real quick how the Capitals are doing. I forgot my main man from Washington here before we start that track. Busa, Washington is up at the end of the first period on Nashville one nothing. Yeah. 
job done right, you do it yourself. When you want your sports done right, you download the Spreaker app to your mobile devices and follow the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk and beyond. This is Sports Done Right. Now, let's get back to the show. And we are back. Thank you very much, people. Sports Done Right, putting a bow on this week's edition. The live Tuesday night show, Spreaker.com. Every, usually we start at 7.30. We uh, had some issues tonight. Like I said, I got to get out of here and get the daughter from basketball practice. So uh, we got the last couple minutes here, Sports Done Right, for this week. Unless we pop up, uh, we will pop up on the weekend. And oh, by the way, the Sunday morning show, Sunday service will be falling to the governor this Sunday. Uh, the schedule looks good. I just got to make sure everything is good. And uh, we are anticipating that. So uh, Chief Rocker says, great show, Gov. Jersey, you know, I appreciate that and appreciate your call. Tank Murdoch says, AP only has one year left in the tank. Sorry for <laughs> Sorry for the pun. Uh, what else we got here? What else? Uh, who else we got in the chat room? Uh, Gov agrees with me in terms of the Vikings going to the Super Bowl next year. Uh, Tank wrote earlier, Tank, 2018 is when we hosted at the new stadium. That would be a beautiful thing if the, go- uh, the Gophers, listen to me, if the Vikings could make it uh, in, in, during that year. And, you know, Randy Moss would also be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Now, wouldn't that be something? Randy Moss, Vikings, Super Bowl at home. Man, that would be off the hook. So, uh, Grego, RG3, future never depended on Manziel's foolishness. Go back to bed, child, says old man Cuddy Jackson. Oh, man. Uh, you know, Cuddy, you got a smile in that picture, man. Look angry. Look a little pissed off. All right, folks. So anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Sports Done Right once again is done for the week. Let me thank each and every one of you guys again for hanging out with us for the uh, past uh, two hours and 13 minutes, according to the clicker up here in the Spreaker studio. Um, Old Man Cuddy says NFL Draft 2017, Skins first pick, Eagles ninth pick, Cowboys 13th. Yeah, going to be real interesting draft, man, because um, these uh, NFC teams, they got to catch Carolina. And be real interesting to see uh, what Washington is going to do. It's going to be interesting to see what these Vikings are going to do um, in terms of their receiver core, especially. Uh, John Sullivan, uh, the offensive, uh, our center is coming back, and that's going to be a huge uh, get back for us next year. But we'll get into the, to the offseason stuff. There's plenty of time for that. Um, again, folks, thank you so much for listening to Sports Done Right. We got the motorcade revved up. The gates are open, so I got to get going. And again, on behalf of myself, the first family, the first lady, um, we appreciate you guys hanging with us. Lots of fun. We're going to get Easy Ed up in there with uh, Jersey Vern. We'll get the debate going. Um, Busa in the house, uh, Mr. Sigma himself, thank you for listening. And folks, have a good night. Be safe in them streets. Keep God first. And um, let's just have a a good week and uh, just be cool with people, man. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Sports Done Right. Tune in and turn up every Tuesday night, 730 Central on Spreaker.com. Search Sports Done Right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T Right. Hosted by Vince Wright, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk. It's about time you got your sports done right.